The boys were sitting in the lunchroom. You see, before COVID, there was this thing called the lunchroom. And the lunchroom was a room where many boys or girls, depending on what the school was, got together and they ate at different tables. Well, the boys were sitting at the lunchroom, in the lunchroom. And in Sammy's grade, there were two tables. Some boys sat at one table with Avremel. And they schmoozed and they talked during the time that you ate lunch. And when they were done, they went to play some recess. At the other table were the other kids who weren't part of Avremel's group. And they included Sammy and some other boys. And they also ate lunch and schmoozed and talked. And then they went to play at recess. But on this particular day, it was raining outside. It wasn't such kishmaka weather, at least not right now. Nobody was going outside for recess. And so everyone was just sitting around and schmoozing. And Avremel was sitting and schmoozing and thinking to himself how he was a little bit bored. <sighs> I need something to make the day more exciting, Avremel thought to himself. He glanced over at the table by which Sammy sat. I have it, he said. I have an idea. Hey, guys, Avremel said to his friends. Guys, listen up to my plan. And all the boys leaned forward over the table as Avremel whispered the plan. <laughs> Good idea, Avremel. Wow, that's cool. And they looked at Sammy. And Avremel sat back. Okay, Nassan, you know your job, right? I do. Excellent. After another couple of minutes went by, the bell rang. And all of the boys in the lunchroom went to their classes. Avremel and his whole group of cronies, his friends... Avramel went towards their classroom. Sammy and some of their people from that table, they also came and went towards their classroom. And as Sammy was getting his books together from his locker and piling them up to start the day in secular studies like they did in Sammy's school in the afternoon, Sammy, Sammy got his books all together and started to walk to his classroom. Nasan stopped him. Sammy, Nasan said, the Menahel, the principal of the school, Rabbi Feingold, wants to see you. No, it's not true. It's not true. Yeah, it's not true. Rabbi Feingold wants to see you, and he's in the pre-K classroom. It's not true. Oh, Sammy said, all right, are you sure? Sammy didn't want to go to Rabbi Feingold now. You yeah. see... He didn't want to come late to class. I'm sure, Nussan said, with a smile kind of blooming on his face. Avremel and his other friends were standing around, lingering, not going into the classroom as they heard Nussan talk. And they started to chuckle. And they started to laugh. <coughs> and they turned their laugh into a cough. <coughs> so that Sammy didn't realize that Nussan was playing a prank. 
Sammy put down his books right outside the door of the classroom. And he made his way to the other side of the building where the pre-K classrooms were located. And he came to the pre-K classroom. The door was closed. And he knocked on the door. The teacher opened the door. Sammy, Mora Libby said. Ah, so good to see you. I haven't seen you since since you were in pre-K. Did you come to visit? Um, no, Mora Libby. I, I, I came for Rabbi Feingold. Rabbi Feingold? Yeah, I was told that he wants to speak to me, and I was told that he was in your classroom. Oh, Sammy, I'm not sure where he is right now, but actually, I saw him walking in the hall near the second grade, but he's not here. But please, please, do you want to come in and visit with us? No, Laura Libby, I'd love to, but I have to go to my class and to talk to Rabbi Feingold. Uh, Maybe a different time. Please come back, Sammy. Ah, I loved it when you were in my class. You know, you color very nicely in the lines. Come back and teach my students how to color in the lines. Maybe one day? Uh, Okay, Maura Libby, but I I gotta go. All right, see you later, Sammy. Sammy turned, and he quickly walked down the hall towards the second grade classroom. And he came to the second grade door. The door was closed. He knocked on the door. The teacher opened the door. It was Mrs. Adler. Mrs. Adler was the English teacher for the second grade. Oh, Sammy, so good to see you. I haven't seen you in so long. My, you've grown up. Wow, you look like such a nice, fine young man. Uh, Thank you, Mrs. Adler. Did you come to visit my classroom? Ah, I love it when kids come back and visit. Did you want to maybe come and tell the class about some exciting things we did when you were in second grade? Um, Well, (laughs) um... I'm, I'm actually, I'm looking for a fine gold. I heard maybe he was coming towards this classroom and maybe he was coming towards you. Well, I don't know. He didn't stop by my room. I would recommend, why don't you go to the office? Maybe he's in his office. Oh, okay, I guess I will. All right, now you will listen, listen to me, young man. You come back and visit. You know, Actually, Sammy, I even still have on our bulletin board one of your essays that you wrote in second grade. One of your three-sentence essays about how much you liked your mother. Uh, Yeah, thank you. It's really cute. I love my mommy because... uh, Thank you, Mrs. Adler. Um, Maybe I'll come back and look at it a different day. Great, awesome, beautiful. Ah, Bye-bye, Sammy. And Sammy walked towards the office. When Sammy came into the office... Mrs. Gold, the secretary, was on the phone. The principal's door, the Manahal's office door, was closed. Uh. Sammy had to wait as Mrs. Gold talked to somebody. Are you serious? She said. Wow. All right. It's a sham. It'll work out. Mazel tov. All right. I look forward. I have a boy waiting in my office. I have to go. All right. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. Be well. Be well. Zaygazund. Sammy, what can I do for you? Mrs. Gold asked him. Um, I, I was told that Rabbi Gold, wa- Rabbi Feingold wanted to speak to me, and, and I'm, I'm trying to speak to him, and, and I don't know where he is. Rabbi Feingold, where is he? Hmm, you know what? I know, uh, the third grade teacher, um, she was late, she was caught in traffic, so he went to sub until she comes. So he's in the third grade classroom. Uh, okay, thank you so, so much, Mrs. Gold. And Sammy raced up the steps, down the hall to the third grade. He came skidding to a halt in front of the door and knocked on the door. 
nice and calm. The third grade teacher was a new teacher in the school and did not know Sammy. The third grade teacher, Ms. Smith, opened the door. Yes, young man? Um, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry to disturb you and bother you, but I, I heard that Rabbi Feingold, the principal of the school, is in your classroom, and I'm trying to um, talk to him. Well, young man, please don't disturb my class. I, I'm sorry. The principal is not in my room. And I'm sorry that you thought he was in my room, but you knocked on the door. We were in the middle of talking, we were in the middle of learning, and you knocking on the door made everyone stop learning, and that's not quite appropriate. I, I'm sorry, um, Ms. Ms. Smith. Now, have a good day. Be well. And she closed the door. Whoa, she's a tough teacher. Sammy didn't know what to do. He went back to Mrs. Gold in the office. Mrs. Gold, Sammy said, Rabbi Feingold is no longer in the third grade. Hmm. You know what, let me page him. Let me page him. That's a good idea. I'll page him. <clears throat> Rabbi, Rabbi Feingold, please call the office. Please contact the office, Rabbi Feingold. And they waited five minutes. No Rabbi Feingold. Oh, you know what? Why don't I call his cell phone? That's a good idea. I'll find out where he is. One second, let me pick up his... Hello, Rabbi Feingold? Ah, yeah. Um, Sammy's in the office here? Where are you? Oh, he went home for lunch. Okay, I'll tell him. Thank you. He was looking for you. Yeah, bye-bye. Rabbi Feingold went home for lunch. He went home for lunch, but he wanted to talk to me. I don't understand that. Okay, and so Sammy trudged back to his classroom. He came to the door. The door was closed. He picked up his books, and he had to walk in. Now, the class that Sammy was going to be walking into was the English class taught by a teacher whose name was Mr. Knapp. Mr. Knapp was a very tough teacher. You were not allowed to talk in his class without permission. And if you did, well, nobody ever tried, so I can't tell you what would happen. But what I do know is that he did not tolerate, except for extremely, very serious situations, people coming to class late. And now Sammy was 25 minutes late for class. But he had a good excuse. The Menahel wanted to talk to him. What was he supposed to do? (sighs) So Sammy opened the door quietly so as not to disturb. And he started to walk very gently, maybe even on his tippy toes, to his desk. And he walked about halfway when he heard Mr. Knapp clear his throat. throat) Sammy? Where are you going? Um, my seat. Young man, you are 26 minutes and 37 seconds late for class. Um, yeah, well, I, I I was supposed to... Do you have a note? Um, no, I don't, so, but I, I... Then you may not enter my classroom. But, but, but where should... The detention room. The detention room? Yes. Sammy quietly walked out. The detention room was a room in the school that was set up for kids who got in trouble. Kind of like the office. 
if a person got in trouble, they went to this room, and they had to sit by a desk in this room, and there was a man in charge of the room. His name was Dr. Drazen. And when you sat in this room, you were not allowed to talk. You were not allowed to even sneeze or cough. And you had to do your work. Oh, but first you had to fill out one of the papers. I think you might know about such papers, but it's a paper that says, what's your name? Why were you sent to this room? What did you do wrong? How could you do different to make things better? And things like that. If you didn't fill it out correctly, you did it again and again. And the most embarrassing part of the detention room, there was no door. So anybody who walked by saw that you were in trouble. Now, the school didn't plan for that, that, but it wasn't like they wanted kids to be embarrassed. It just, it just, there was no door on the room. I don't know why. And Sammy... Right, a hole. And so Sammy went in and he sat down and he was very sad. Well, when the group of time, when the period was over and it was time for Sammy to move on to the next class, Sammy did. But his day was damaged. His mood was down. He was feeling low. And the worst part of it is he looked over at Avremel and Avremel had a smile on his face that went from his right ear all the way to his left ear. <laughs> Avremel's friends seemed to be smiling also. Sammy ignored it until recess. At recess, Sammy and all the kids in his class went outside and they were there playing when Sammy went to the group of friends who were playing kickball and Sammy wanted to join the game with Avremel and others, he noticed that the boys were talking before he came, but when he came into the group, they stopped talking and they were giggling. Sammy realized they were talking about him. They were laughing at him. Sammy was very upset. He tried to walk away and not pay attention to their laughing at him. But every time he turned around, it seemed like they were laughing at him. Sammy was so upset. He couldn't stay out on the grounds of the school any longer. He had to leave the area. And so he ran to the door of the school. He opened the door and began to run into the building. There was no lock. And, good question, no. And he ran into the building and he ran straight down the hall and suddenly, crash! He crashed into somebody. He looked up. Oh, Rabbi Feingold, I'm so sorry I crashed into you. Sammy, you know there's no running in the halls. Baruch Hashem, I wasn't carrying Slurpees this time. But imagine if I was carrying the Slurpees. I'm sorry, Rabbi Feingold, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but Sammy, you know what? It's a good thing that I met you now. Uh, yes, Rabbi? I heard you were in my office looking for me. Uh, 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 yes, I, I was looking for you, for, for you, Rabbi Feingold. Oh, um, and, and, why, and why were you looking for me? Well, because I understood that, Rabbi Feingold, you wanted to talk to me. I wanted to talk to you. 
Yeah, yeah, Nassim told me that you wanted to talk to me in the pre-K, so I went to the pre-K, but you weren't in the pre-K, so then I went to the second grade, but you weren't in the second grade, then I went to the office, then I went to the third grade, then I went to the office, and then I got to detention. Oh, hey, that's terrible. It kind of ruined my day. I'm really sad. And, and kids are laughing at me. I don't even know why. And, and I hear. Now, the Menahel didn't know exactly what happened, but he was smart, kind of like you guys. And he kind of figured out kind of like you guys that someone played a prank on Sammy and pretended that Menachem needed him when he really didn't so that Sammy would run around and be all embarrassed in Meshuggah and Rabbi Feingold realized that Sammy was very upset about it and it was really not nice but Rabbi Feingold didn't want to tell that all to Sammy instead he said you know Sammy how's Gemara class going it's going Baruch Hashem I really knew the Gemara today. My Rebbe was so proud. Excellent. You know what? Why don't I walk with you while we'll talk about the Gemara? Let me walk you back to class. Anyway, the bell just rang. It's time for everyone to be in class. And and, and, look, and we'll learn in class, and, and I'll, I'll leave you there, and I'll, we'll talk along the way about the Gemara. And they did. When they got to class, after taking the route that went down the hall, up the steps, down the other steps, back down the hall, <laughs> by that time, everyone was settled in their classroom. And Rebbe Feingold opened the door to the room, and let Sammy in. Mr. Hertz, Rabbi Feingold said to the social studies teacher, Mr. Hertz, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing Baruch Hashem, I'm doing very well. Excellent, Mr. Hertz. You know, is it possible that I could talk to the Talmudim, the students in this room, for a few minutes? Sure, Rabbi Feingold, you're the principal, you're the Menal, you were in charge of the whole school, you can do whatever you want. Thank you very much. And so Mr. Hertz made his way to the windowsill and started to sit down. Um, you know what, Mr. Hertz? I wanted to talk to the boys about something that's private. Private? There's 20 boys in the room. Yeah, yeah, I, I meant private mean between me and the boys. Is that okay? Uh, I, I guess. You know what, Mr. Hertz? I know you love coffee. Oh, vanilla coffee. My favorite. I have, I just have brand new vanilla caramel coffee from my Keurig machine in my office. Really? Yeah. Would you like, would you like to have some? Oh, that'd be very nice. Please feel free. Go to my office, take your coffee cup, and enjoy a delicious vanilla caramel coffee ah, from my stash. No problem, no problem. My cup holds a few, a few different, you have to like use a few Keurig thingies. That's fine, that's fine. And the, Mr. Hertz took his cup, his cup that held 48 ounces of coffee, a gigantic mug, and he left the room. Talmidim, Rabbi Feingold said, I'm so glad to see you. Ah, I love coming into your classroom to schmooze with you. Baruch Hashem, look at that. Ah. Unfortunately, Avramo, could you just put your feet down there, there over there? It's not so black covered, Dick, Avramo, to have your feet that way. And, and, uh, Yerachmiel, Yerachmiel, pick your head up, okay? If you don't mind, I just, I want, I want you, I want to, I want to see your beautiful face. Oh, excellent, excellent. Nussin, Nussin, you know what? I don't know Mr. Hertz's rules about eating in class, but I would rather you not eat right now. Excellent. Alright, perfect. Listen, Rabbi Sai, I want to share with you an incredible, Awesome, massive story. Do you want to hear a massive story, Avramo? 
Um, um, sure, 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 Rabbi Feingold. I love, I love stories. Excellent, excellent. The only deal is like this. When I'm going to start my story, you can't say I know it already. Okay, that's the deal. Um, um, like for example, like every time I tell a story, it happens all the time. I start telling a story. Once upon a time, and everyone raises their hand. Oh, we know the story. We know the story. We heard it. We heard it. Right? There was a man. I heard that story already. Right? Don't do that. Just, just listen to the story. It's an incredible, beautiful, and powerful story. Listen. Listen to the story. You listening, Gabriel? Yes, Rabbi. Excellent. Nothing. Nothing. Are you listening to the story? I'm listening, Rabbi. I'm listening. Excellent. Beautiful. Sammy, are you listening? Yes, Rabbi. Great. Sammy, come on. Give me a smile. Oh, there we go. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Excellent. Are you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Listen to the story. Many years ago, there was a great Talmud Chacham, a great tzaddik. His name was Ramosha Sefer. And he was famous for writing a book, a sefer, called the Chassam Sefer. And Ramesh Sefer, who wrote the Chassam Sefer, was known to everyone by... Chassam Sofer. He was known to everyone. He was known to everyone. Ramesh Sofer, the Chassam Sofer, was known to everyone by, by this name. By the name of the Chassam Sofer. That's how he was known to everyone. That's how he was known. And the following story is written in his book. A story that he was involved in. There was a sheikhit, a person who shechts animals. Now, in the olden days, a sheikhit was someone who was an expert in halacha and also had to be a big tzaddik. You see, a sheikhit would take an animal that's worth a bunch of hundreds of dollars and he would shecht it. And if he shecht it wrong... By mistake, he would have to say, I shechted it wrong by mistake. And the one who was counting on being able to eat the meat from that animal would not be able to eat the meat and they would lose hundreds of dollars. If he shechted it good, correctly, and he found inside of it something that was making the animal not kosher, like a hole in its lungs, so the animal was not considered healthy, he would have to say the animal's not kosher, even if it means somebody's losing hundreds of dollars. So he had to be so knowledgeable in the halacha. And he had to fear Hashem. There was a sheikhit. There was also, in the same neighborhood, in the same area of Europe, a mohel. A mohel. A mohel is a person who gives brisos to baby boys. And to be a mohel, you also have to be a pretty big tzaddik. I mean, every time you do a brismila, Eliyahu Navi comes to the brismila. So you're probably a pretty big tzaddik if you're always seeing Eliyahu Navi. You know what I mean? Well, let me tell you. These two people both lived in an area that was made up of lots of little towns. The shochet would go from town to town and shecht animals for people who needed shechita for their animals. He would shecht birds so people could have chicken. And the mole would travel around from town to town and do bris for different people. But the shochet and the mole did not live in the same town together. They each lived in a different town, but they traveled to the same areas. One day, the mole was walking down the street. And he probably was singing to himself a little song. Eliyahu Hanavi, Eliyahu Atishbi. And the shochet was walking down the street. He probably wasn't singing any song. I don't know any shochet songs. But what I do know is, when the shochet saw the mole, he said, Shalom Aleichem Reb Mael. Aleichem Shalom. Mazel Tov, he said to the mole. Mazel Tov, the mole said back with a big smile on his face. Baruch Hashem, Mazel Tov. Ah, 
Ah, good news, right? Uh, uh, I guess. Well, what's the mazel tov? My wife had a baby boy. A baby boy? That's right. And my baby boy is going to need a bris. Givaldic. Isn't that wonderful? Do you want to do the bris? I'm a male. That's my job. Excellent. Come to my house. Come to my town. And you'll be able to do the bris in the show. Uh, when was the baby born? Last Wednesday. Oh, so the bris is very soon. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. You, you'll do it, right? Of course I'll do it. What a beautiful thing. Ah, you should be zeicheh. To be megadal him, to raise your son, to Torah, to learn lots of Torah, to chuppah, to get married in the right time, umasim toivim, to serve Hashem properly, and you should have him have a bris, b'shot, b'shmanai, in the right time, machnisa levrisha shalav ramavinu b'shmanai. Ah, what beautiful thing. How's your wife doing? Baruch Hashem, she's doing well, Baruch Hashem. Alright, Mr. Shem, so I'll see you, I'll see you next Wednesday. Yeah, thank you so much. Beautiful! And so, the next Wednesday, at 3 o'clock in the morning, the Moyo had to travel to the town to do the bris milah. So he got up really early. He hired himself a wagon. He got himself a wagon driver. And he traveled to the village in which the Shochet lived. And when he arrived at the village, he realized he didn't know which shul the bris was going to be in. But it was a small village. So he stopped somebody who was walking on the streets Rebid, yes, Rebid. Um, I just want to know in which shul is there a bris today? Uh, I, I don't know about any bris today. Oh, okay, fine. Okay, thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, oh, Rebid, Rebid. Um, in which shul should I go for the bris? The bris. Uh, somebody had a baby. Uh, somebody's doing the bris. Um, okay, fine, fine. A third person, a fourth person. Nobody seemed to know about the bris. Finally, he stopped the fifth person. He said, he "said, <clears throat> um, could you tell me?" The Sheikhit is making a bris today. And, and I'm just wondering, in, in which shul is he making the bris? Uh, the what? The Sheikhit is making a bris today. The Sheikhit is making a bris today? Uh, yes, he's making a bris today. And, and his wife had a baby boy and about eight days ago, and, 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 and they're making a bris in the shul. A bris in the shul? The Sheikhit? Eight days ago, a baby boy was born? Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm, uh, I, uh, oh, I, my cell phone's ringing. But there's no such thing as cell phones. There's no such thing as cell phones. All right, fine, 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 fine. Um, um, oh, oh, oh. Beryl, he wants to talk to you. Well, yes. Um, the sheikh is making a bris today. I want to know what show. The sheikh it's impossible. The sheikh is not making a bris today. I'm telling you, he came to me last week. He told me he's making a bris today. He asked me to come do the bris for him. But it's not possible. Why is it not possible? Because the Sheikhit's wife had a baby girl last Wednesday. Not a baby boy. Baby girl? But he asked me to come and do the bris. Where does the Sheikhit live? And the man showed him where the Sheikhit lives. The Jebel went to the Sheikhit's house. He knocked on the door. The door opened. The sheikh was standing there looking at the Maya with a big smile. His face was shining. He says, Oh, Shkayach for coming to give a bris to the baby boy. <laughs> and the sheikh Mayel said, the Mayel said, a bris to the baby boy. But I asked people, they said, your wife had a baby girl. 
And the sheikh had started to laugh. <laughs> Wasn't that a good trick? My wife did have a baby girl. Wasn't it? A, didn't I trick you? I mamish had you believing it was a baby boy. You came all the way to do the bris. What a good prank I pulled on you. And he was laughing so hard he fell to the ground. Tears were pouring out of his eyeballs. Ay vey. The mile was so upset. He turned around and he went back home. And then he sent a letter to the Hassam Sefer telling what happened and asking what should happen now. The Hassam Sefer read the story in the letter and he was very upset. How could somebody cause pain to another Jew like this? And the Hassam Sefer said, number one, this Sheikhit has to pay for any costs. He has to pay for the wagon, he has to pay for the driver. And he has to pay for your time. And he said, if this were in a, the time where Bastin was alive, where we had a Bastin in Yerushalayim, we would take the Sheikhit and we would take a whip in Bastin and we would give him patches with a whip. Because he did this embarrassing thing to you. But we can't do that. So instead, the only thing we can do is we could say that a Sheikhit is somebody who fears Hashem. A Sheikhit is someone who knows the Halacha. We're going to take away his ability to be a shochet. He's not going to be allowed to shecht animals and have them be kosher. If he shechts, it's not going to be kosher. Until he does teshuva and until he asks for your forgiveness. That was the consequence that the Hassam Sofer gave this man because he pulled a prank of telling somebody to do something or inviting someone to do something that wasn't necessary, of making this person embarrassed. And Rabbi Feingold continued, Rabbi Feingold said, you know, Talmidim, you know, this is such a valuable message, especially during the time of Sira. During the time of Svira, Rabbi Akiva had 24,000 Talmidim who died because they weren't nice to each other. They didn't show each other respect. And they didn't play pranks on each other. It wasn't like the Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva when somebody went to sit down, they had to make sure there wasn't a thumbtack on their chair. It wasn't that when the Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva said to them, hey, Rabbi Akiva wants to talk to you, and he really didn't want to talk to you. That wasn't the case. They just didn't show respect for each other's Torah properly. And they were terribly punished by Hashem that 24,000 Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva died. During this time of the year, it's so important to be no hekavu, to show respect to our friends, and to treat each other nicely. And Rabbi Feingold said, you know, Talmidim, I, I want to leave you with this message. It's so important to be respectful and kind to each other. And sometimes a person might make a mistake, sometimes a group of people might make a mistake, and not be nice to another person. But don't forget what the Chassam Sofer expected, that this Shochit would do to Shuva and ask for forgiveness. All right, I'm going to leave now, Rabbi Feingold said, without saying anything more to the class. And he walked out the door. Everyone in the room was silent. Nobody said anything. Sammy did not lift his eyes. Finally, after three minutes went by, Avremel stood up. And he walked over to Sammy in front of the entire class. And he said, Sammy, I want to apologize it was my idea to have Nassim send you to Rabbi Feingold. 
to send you on the wild goose chase to try to find the Menahel to talk to him. And I'm sorry. And Sammy said, I forgive you. And the truth is that I'm glad you did it. You're glad I did it? Well, if you hadn't pulled that prank on me, then Rabbi Feingold wouldn't have told us this absolutely amazing story. So thanks. Thanks for pulling the prank. And at least for the rest of the day, Sammy and Avremel were friends. <laughs>